Good morning, everyone. And uh, welcome to everyone who's new with us this morning. I've been uh, trying to make Abuna lean again. And so on uh, Friday, I went for a hike. And I also went for another hike yesterday. But unfortunately, I got an allergic reaction. So it's official that I am allergic to exercise. I think many of us can use that excuse, but I have physical proof of it. Despite this very strange allergy, I decided to go for a hike this morning, but I figured I better be here instead. Otherwise, nobody would be here to lead the liturgy. But it's also good that you decided to be here as well, for many reasons. And it's good to remind ourselves why we go to church and why we gather as a church. Sometimes people tell me, I don't need to go to church because I pray at home. I'm sure you've heard that, and maybe you feel that as well. And sometimes people who have read or memorized a few verses of the Bible quote Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus says, When you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. And they take this as proof that we shouldn't come to church. All we need to do is stay at home and pray. Of course, the number one question that I ask people who say, I just stay home and pray is, well, when you are home, what are you praying? And very often they say something very vague. Well, I just don't really pray, actually. So it's important to not just throw these words around and throw these ideas around, but always have a biblical framework for everything that we are saying and everything that we are doing. The reason this is important, if it is actually more beneficial to stay at home, then we're wasting our time. But if Jesus' message was more than just about individual prayer, and that this verse is only an isolated verse um, in a larger context of what we should be doing, then, of course, the life of prayer as a community becomes very important. It's also very important because we grow in our faith as both individuals and as a community. And we do that in many other things as well, not only when it comes to church. We learn, we are educated as individuals. It's important to pick up a book, to read, to reflect, to write. But nobody ever would, would ever say, I don't need to go to university because I read at home. We learn as individuals, but we also learn as a community. We pray as individuals and we also pray as a community. An indicator of this being very important is that when the disciple asked Jesus, how should we pray? What did, they, what did he say? He said, pray our Father. Not my Father alone, but our Father, which points to the fact that there needs to be a community around us and that we are praying in union and in unity with each other. And if we look at Jesus' life, we see how often the, the community gathered. Jesus very often gathered crowds around him when he spoke, when he taught, when he healed. In addition to gathering crowds around him, he also spent time in silent prayer, and he retreated from the crowds. He lived in his life this balance between individual strength, individual prayer, individual learning, individual reflection, and the need to be in a community, the need to be with others. Jesus also gathered the community 
to make very important announcements. For example, in Matthew 17, he, he says, As they were gathered in Galilee, Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and, will be, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were greatly distressed. Two very important aspects of this verse. First of all, he didn't surprise them of his death and resurrection. He prepared them as a community, as a gathering. And they were there as, as a gathered community to strengthen each other. They gathered to hear the message and to be strengthened with each other as we do and as we are here today. He also gathered his disciples in a small group to give them authority to do certain things. For example... He gave them the authority to forgive sins. And we maintain that beautiful um, sacrament. We call it the sacrament of confession, which Jesus gave to the, to the disciples to forgive and to remit sins. In Matthew 18, he says, Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We often overlook these verses very quickly and don't kind of, get into just how profound it is. Jesus is giving the church the authority to forgive sins. So when you go to confession, you are not only hearing the voice or the words of the priest who's telling you that you are forgiven, but those are actually the words of God and God assuring you that you are forgiven. He gathered them to give them authority to establish a church and to be a strong community of faith. And he also gathered them to assure, him, to assure them of his continual and constant presence. In the Gospel of Matthew, once again, immediately right after, he tells them to forgive sins. He says, again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. Of course, Jesus is present everywhere. But when we come together as a community, God is, God is present in a very special way. God assures us of his, present, his, his presence, especially when we gather as a community of faith. And this did not end at the time of the life of Jesus. After Jesus' death and resurrection, the apostles very often gathered for special occasions and special moments, especially for the Eucharist. And once again, we have this great blessing that for, two, for the last 2,000 years, every single Sunday after the resurrection, those who are faithful to Christ have gathered to celebrate the Eucharist. It is that old. In fact, it's in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 20, and many other verses, but this one in particular, where we read that on the first day of the week, what was the first day of the week? Sunday morning. On the first day of the week, when we were gathered... Together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart on them the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. So they gathered, they prayed, they received the Eucharist, and they also heard a homily from St. Paul. I must say, Paul's homily was much longer than mine. He kept talking until midnight. I've almost done that, but I try to limit myself. myself. So what we are doing today is not something that I made up or any of you made up or not something we are doing simply for social purposes. Sometimes people come to church to see their friends, which is great. But we come to church not only to see our friends and family, 
but to see God and to experience the unity of the community together. The community is important. Jesus' ministry was about serving and teaching individuals and serving and teaching groups of people. And Jesus often said, in many different ways, in many different times, he often said a verse that he repeats, one another verses in Scripture. He says, love one another, serve one another, pray for one another, heal one another, forgive one another, and care for one another. And by saying this, he emphasizes the fact that we need to grow as individuals, but we grow as individuals when we realize that there is another and we think of someone other than ourselves. When we think of someone who thinks too much of themselves, we say that that person is self-centered and selfish. But we become spiritually and socially mature when we realize that there is another and that there is a person for the other. There is a purpose for the other. Life is not just about us. We weren't here on earth simply, we're not here on earth simply to satisfy ourselves and to spend every day of our life making ourselves happy. Of course, we need to take care of ourselves. But life and our spiritual life is about us in relationship with each other and with God. And that's, what, that's what's emphasized when we gather as a community. Today's gospel also focuses on these many aspects of communal and individual life. Today's gospel, Jesus tells us about trusting in God, being less busy, and putting priorities into our life so that we don't get distracted. The first part, Jesus talks about having an undivided, having a divided and unfocused attention in life. And sometimes how we are overwhelmed by trying to do too many things. He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And then he says that we need to observe and develop our confidence in God. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor weep nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And finally, Jesus puts, puts forward to us what our top priority should be in the world. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things shall be yours as well. When we are living an individualistic life, as individuals separate from the community, all we can think of is ourselves. Jesus reminds us, encourages us, and the community, when we gather, encourages us to seek first his kingdom. And we do that as individuals, and we do that as a community. Our life is not about us. That should be our motto every single morning when we get up. It's about how we live our faith with God and with others. In the letter of St. John, he reemphasizes this. He says, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. So you see the balance once again of the individual and the community. So to sum up, we gather as a church and we gather every Sunday and sometimes more than just Sunday. We gather also to study and to learn. 
we don't just gather as a church, we gather to make the church. Because without you, there is no church. All of us together are the church. The church is the community. The church is the gathering. We do this, number one, to show ourselves that God is a priority in our life. That we are actually seeking first his kingdom. And that everything else, though important, is actually secondary. We also do this to remember that God is present right now. And God is present in everything that we do in our life. We also gather to slow down. To slow down to thank God. Very often we're running, doing so many very important things, but we forget that God is the source of absolutely every single thing that is happening that is good in our life. So we gather to be grateful and to thank God, and we also thank each other. We also gather to ask forgiveness. It's very important that when we want to forgive somebody, we don't just forgive somebody intellectually. I forget that. I forgive that person. But to approach a person and to have the integrity of asking forgiveness face to face. And that requires a gathering. And fifthly, we gather to receive the Eucharist, which is the body and blood of Christ. This reminds us that God is not only with us as a community, but God is with us every day of our life. And also, this shows us that God loves us. God is not an idea. God is not at a place somewhere else. God is present right in you and dwells and remains in you through your whole life, through every single thing that you do. And that's why St. Paul reminds us that we are the temples of the Holy Spirit. And this is not meant in some sort of symbolic or poetic way. We receive the Eucharist and we walk out as temples, as living temples of God. And we gather to be strengthened, to go out and to witness to others that we are all the light of the world and we shine the light of Christ into the world. So we need to pray as individuals. We need to have a daily discipline of prayer. We need to be able to say that we are doing at least one thing to stop our life and focus on God every single day. But we also need to bring that daily prayer into our communal worship when we gather and pray for each other because we need each other. I'm glad that I did not go hiking this morning and decided to come to church instead. But I am even more glad that all of you are here so we can gather as a community of faith.